Welcome to MTG Ectoplasm, your home for spirit travel and magic the gathering. On this episode, we're going to be doing the D&D Top 10 for Modern, uh, more news on Jumpstart Historic Horizons, a cancellation that Wanty did, and there's a spoiler card for the new Innistrad set. Do I got you curious? This is a loaded potato. So, I hope you're ready, because I am. Let's get this thing started, shall we? Let's go. Thank you, ladies and gentlemen, for joining me on this episode. I am your host, Dwight, a.k.a. DeBlanco, a medium that weighs an extra, extra large. You can reach out to me on Twitter at MTG Ectoplasm. Please follow. Or you can email me directly at MTG Ectoplasm at gmail.com. Let me know. Am I doing a good job, bad job, or I shouldn't quit my day job? And then finally, MTGEctoplasm.com. That's right. I got my own personal website for the latest and greatest episodes for your spirit tribal need. And listen. Do me a favor while you're there. If you want to sit there and donate uh, uh, donate to the show, you can do that there. Or if you want to sponsor an episode just like this, you can do that there too. Now, do me a favor. I know you're listening. I 100% appreciate you listening to the podcast. Uh, I know uh, this has just been a whirlwind sensation around the world. I, I can't believe it. I'm, uh, I'm so giddy and jovial about it. But do me a favor. Wherever you're streaming this right now, there's that follow, subscribe button right there. Just hit that button for me. I'm not charging you a dime. I'm not charging you a nickel. I'm not charging you an intiasola peso or whatever monetary value you are around the world. I'm not charging you anything. So do me a favor. Just for me, because I'm a nice guy, hit that button for me, all right? So now... Now, ladies and gentlemen, that the pleasantry is over, we're going to get down to the nitty-gritty, but... Notice I said a butt. I got an extra butt in the house. That's right. My lovely wife, the ravishing Renata. Hi, everyone. There she goes. She look, she, she's all excited. She's all jovial. <laughs> wow, look at you giggling tonight. That's right. How you doing? How you feeling? I'm feeling good. Just a little tired. A little tired. I understand. You know, we're, we're doing a lot around, around the house. Now, uh, I have a big, we have a big announcement, right? Yes, we do. Uh in the next couple of weeks, um, when we get closer to it, uh, I'm going to have a superstar special guest in the house. Also, we're going to be changing it up where it might be a visual episode. Mm. That's a little spoiler. I put an image out on my Twitter at MTG Ectoplasm. Okay, on Twitter. And you may have seen an image of a backdrop, I'm just saying. So, uh, you know, we're not, we're not going to say too much there, but, uh, I, you know, I didn't want to share too much. You know, I just want you to get your little toes wet, you know? So, with that being said, ladies and gentlemen, like I said, this is a loaded potato of an episode. This is, this is a big episode. It's, we're going to be here for a quick minute. So, what I want to do in segment number one, we've discussed... You know, 
you know, with the friend of the show, Ray, uh, AKA the evil shaggy, uh, dungeons and dragons, but we never did a top 10. And I think it's a moral imperative that I share with you. What I think is my top 10 for modern right now and for the future. So with that being said, let's start this segment right now. Segment number one, the top 10 of the Dungeon Dragons Adventures in the Forgotten Realm. Now, in my honorable mentions, I selected Guardian of Faith. That's right. The Night Spirit, the 2-3, two, two, two white, one generic, and basically it does the Teferi's Protection. I think right now, as much as I wanted to put it in my top 10, uh, it's not there because the fact that it's uh, more of a sideboard card, it's something you know we have to see about. Uh, I didn't get a chance to go to the my LGS to play it. I had uh, circumstances. My mother's very ill, so I couldn't go. But I've been hearing a lot of noise about it. And until I play it, it's kind of hard for me to tell you it, it's the it card. But the what I'm getting back from a lot of feedback, actually from a lot of listeners, this card may be the truth. So it's something to consider. The next honorable mention is Ingenious Smith. That's right. This is a card that allows you to sit there and look at the top four cards of your library and grab an artifact. Okay, uh, people are calling it the uh, St- uh, Stoneforge Mystic, uh, the the cheapy welfare edition. I, I think it's a really good card. I just, you know, I don't want to give it too much hype, but it is seeing some play, not a lot of play, but some play. And then my final, final honorable mention is Treasure Vault. Now, some of you are on really Dwight Treasure Vault, well, you know what? Let me let me begin by saying this: anything that can help you produce more treasure is really good. Okay, there's nothing wrong with producing more treasure. Treasure gives you an opportunity to speed up uh, past your opponent, if possible. Unfortunately, to me, I think this one's a little slow. It's a little bit of a I'm not going to say a sideboard card, but this is a card that I see eventually uh, maybe a play around. So those three are my honorable mentions for the D&D Adventures in the Forgotten Realm. Now, at the number 10, I selected... Gelatinous Cube. Two generic, two black. Creature, ooze. Engulf. While a gelatinous cube enters the battlefield, exile target non-ooze creature and opponent controls until gelatinous cubes leaves the battlefield. Dissolve. X black. Put target creature card with mana value X exiled with gelatinous cube into its owner's graveyard. Power and toughness, 4-3. What I loved about this card is that it's multifunctional. It does different things. And for black, how, how can you, you know... Uh, how can you beat it? There's other cards that I can say that are better with it, but it's nice. Okay. It's not that just standard. Oh, it's just a three, three or a four, three. 
it has something that allows you to play it and get more out of it. Right now, I don't see a deck yet, but for some reason, this card caught my eye, and I think there's something, something coming around the corner for this particular card, and I am excited to see what brewers end up doing with this number 10 card. Now, at the number nine, I selected treasure chest artifact for sacrifice creature chest roll a d20 one trapped you lose three life two to nine create five treasure tokens 10 19 you gain three life and draw three cards 20 search your library for a card if it's an artifact card you may put it into the battlefield otherwise put that card into your hand then shuffle now i know some of you going come on Dwight. This is a four-mana artifact, and you're putting that in here? Get out of here. You, you lost my mind. I'm, in, I'm turning off the show. Let me, just, let me explain why I put this at my number nine. Because this thing at four mana, okay, and some of the artifact decks are going to want to use this because it, let's look at, let's bypass the number one because the way once he actually built this is the critical miss and the critical hit okay so number one you lose three life realistically what's the chance of that okay one uh, one out of 20 look let's look at the number 20 search your library car, uh, library for a card if it's an artifact card you may put it into the battlefield otherwise put that card in your hand and shuffle your library well obviously this is a card that's replacing another one so it's a search you can say it's somewhat of a search engine. I say somewhat because of the fact that you are sacrificing it. There's other reasons why I'm I'm saying also that it's a benefit. Is if you look through two through nine, it creates five treasure tokens, five treasure tokens, and you paid four. So you're not getting mana advantage out of this. I'm just saying. Then ten through nineteen. Okay, nothing nothing hurts gaining three life. What's so bad about gaining three life? But then you get to draw three cards. You show me a card out there right now that gives you so much possibility and ability in one card. Yes, it's four mana, but the fact that you get the five, five you get to have five treasure tokens so you can hurry up and ramp. You're telling me that 10 through 19, you can gain three life and draw three cards? That's adding a card advantage to you or the fact that if you need to replace the uh, uh, treasure chest you can do that with just it's 20 the only problem is if you roll that one if you let roll that one then just saying you may not win that day because you're, you're, you're probably having bad luck on your side just saying but that's the fun and fun that's the fun thing about this D&D set. Now, at the eight spot, I chose Circle of Dreams Druid. Three green creature. Elf Druid. Add green mana for each creature you control. Power and toughness to one. Now, I understand. Some of you are going, some of you are going to poo-poo this card. I'm not poo-pooing this card. 
because I see the power power of this card. Yes, I understand that it's one toughness. Realistically, this is going to be something that we end up seeing the elf decks. But the fact that this here, we finally get uh, Gaius Cradle with legs. Yeah, it's a little expensive with three green mana, but you got to consider Gaia's Cradle. There's a reason why, ladies and gentlemen, that Channel Fireball right now is giving you $1,000 for it. You heard that right, ladies and gentlemen. If you got a Gaia's Cradle, you sell it to uh, Channel Fireball. They're giving you a G, $1,000 for that card. And you're telling me you can't use a card like that with legs? And the possibility of, we all know elves. Come on now. What do elves do? They ramp and they boost each other up. you telling me this card can't help with that boosting up of other elves? This, this is a very good card. And I'll tell you one thing. If you got a couple shekels... It wouldn't hurt to have on the side and hold on. This, I'm not saying it's a money card now. I'm just saying potentially, potentially, okay? I'm not a stockbroker. I'm not a guy who manages money. But this, this card has true potential. So, at number seven, I chose... Hobgoblin Bandit Lord, one generic, two red. Creature, Goblin Rogue. Other goblins you control get plus one, plus one. Red mana, tap. Hobgoblin Bandit Lord deals damage equal to the number of goblins that entered the battlefield until you control this turn to any target. Power and toughness, two, three. Now, ladies and gentlemen, you see. You heard it from my wife. You you, You tap a red. And the Hobgoblin Bandit Lord deals damage equal to the number of goblins that entered the battlefield under your control this turn to any target. Ouch. Now, I know some of you love your wonderful goblins. I know my, you know, uh, Jim Davis one of the uh, pros out there, loves, 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 loves his goblins. He poo-poos every other tribe. He poo-poos merfolk. He's poo-pooed, you know, uh, uh, zombies. He's actually poo-pooed spirits, which actually annoyed the crap out of me. You know, but this is a card, hands down, that has tons of possibility. And the fact that it's a 2-3 and the 3 toughness means it has a big booty. Big booty means big protection, and it can protect itself. And the fact that you can sit there and have uh, uh, potential with the uh, Goblin King or go- other goblins that give haste. Oh, guess what? I'll play all these goblins. Oh, now I tap him. Now guess what? Now I'm dealing a bunch of damage. That creature dies, or I'm smashing you in the face directly with the damage, and then I'm attacking with all my goblins. Nothing worse than one goblin. It's a whole bunch of goblins attacking. That's the reason why I chose number seven, Hobgoblin Mandalord. Now at number six, I selected 
Tasha's hideous laughter. One generic, two blue. Sorcery. Each opponent exiles cards from the top of their library until that pl- player has exiled cards with total mana value 20 or more. Now, this is hands down is a scary, scary card. Now you're going to go, well, yeah, no crap, Dwayne. There's, there's, there's decks out there that you can mill out almost half an individual's deck alone with this card. Let me repeat. With this card, certain decks can be milled half their deck. Gone. Bye-bye. See you later. Adios. Arrivederci. Mushi mushi. You're never going to see them back again. Now, that's what's scary about this card. Now, realistically, most of the time you're going to see it get maybe 15 to about 20 cards total. Realistically and honestly. They, you know, some mathematicians, you know, thank God to the mathematicians out there who love Magic the Gathering, they did the math for us. But this card is ridiculous. And the fact that this card is being used in mill, oh my lord. Right now, one of the top decks, according to uh, Nikachu MDG, is Mill. The only problem right now with Mill is the fact that it goes into the graveyard. It doesn't go into exile. So right now, I'm going to have to be honest with all those Mill players out there. You need to start considering a way to put cards into exile because, you know, know, there's other cards out there like Emrakul. Cool. You got Endurance from the new Modern Horizons 2 that give you the way to replenish your grave, uh, your library from your graveyard. Or the fact you can't mill Emrakul because the fact that it comes right back into your library. But Tasha's hideous laughter, huh, that's a real deal for, um, for the mill people, for the mill, the mill decks. So... Let me just say from num- I'm going to go from ten to six, right now, ten gelatinous cube, ten gelatinous cube. Number nine, treasure chest. Number eight, circle dreams druid. Number seven, hobgoblins bandit lord. Number six, Tasha's hideous laughter. Now. At number five, I chose Portable Hole, one white artifact. When Portable Hole enters the battlefield, exile target non-land permanent an opponent. Controls with mana value two or less until Portable Hole leaves the battlefield. Let me just tell you, this card originally spoiled i think it was like about a month month and a half before the dnd set was even released i think it was even uh pre-released i'd say maybe a couple days before the modern horizons 2 uh spoilers began and let me just tell you this was a big card people were loving this card friend of the show andre segura hands down was telling you the power behind this this card he actually did an episode ladies and gentlemen i i keep on saying again please follow andre seguera on youtube it's a moral imperative he gives you great insight he tells you the ins and outs he and he's entertaining hands down he's entertaining 
But he told you the truth behind Portable Hole. Because you've got to consider right now, some of the most powerful decks currently in modern are using what? One to two power, uh, one to two mana cost. One to two power. I'm saying one to two mana cost. I'm sorry. And the fact that Portable Hole can sit there and take that out. Okay, fine. Turn one. Play your stupid little monkey ragavan. Guess what? On my turn, I'll play Portable Hole. What is, what is your stupid little monkey ragavan going to do? Nothing. He's going to pick fleas off his own back and be exiled. Oh, I got to worry about Darcy, Dragon, uh, Dragon Rage Channeler? Oh, I don't got to worry about that stupid card. Bye-bye. Have a good day, sir. There's so many other cards that I can just sit there and, and, and I hate to steal from uh, Tasha, but I'm gonna have his hideous. I'm gonna have a hideous laughter, laughing at them trying to play these cards because of the fact that it's a one or two mana. Now, as a spirit player, if you're listening to me because you're a spirit tribe person, hands down, this is a moral imperative. You need to buy this card and save it in your spell book and save it off to the side, if and when the meta allows. This is a card that we will be using, hands down. Not going to tell you, you heard it here first. You heard it from Andre Zagera, told you, you this card was truth. But I'll, I'll back him up 110%. That card is 100% proof. It's the truth. And you need to, you know what, look into this card. It's a great card. Now, at number four, I chose... Demolich, four blue, creature, skeleton wizard. This spell costs blue less to cast each instant and sorcery spell you've cast this turn. Whenever Demolich attacks, exile up to one target instant or sorcery card from your graveyard. Copy it. You may cast the copy. You may cast Demolich from your graveyard in addition to paying its other costs. Power toughness, four, three. Now, ladies and gentlemen... I know some of you are going, well, Demi Lynch, honestly, did you not hear what my wife said? This a card is badass. Badass. The only thing honestly holding it back is the fact that it's four blue mana. Now, if there are blue devotion decks out there, they're going to love this card. There's other cards, is it decks, that would use this all day. The, the only problem for me is the fact that it's four blue mana. But there are players out there talking right now, oh, I could use it in this deck, I can use it in this, this other deck. This, de this card, hands down, is very troublesome. Very troublesome. Very powerful. And the fact that it's a 4-3... And if you read the first sentence, this spell costs blue less to cast each instant or sorcery spell you've cast this turn. Ooh. Ooh. That, that's pretty good. How about the following sentence? Whenever Demi-Lich attacks, exile up to one target instant or sorcery from your graveyard. Copy it. You may cast that copy. Wow. That's that's tough, guys. That's tough. 
you may cast Daemon Lich from your graveyard. So when it dies, you can cast it in addition to paying its other costs. Are you kidding me? This blue guy doesn't want to die. This hands down is one of the strongest cards out there. I'm just happy it doesn't have flying or flash or hexproof. God forbid the thing had hexproof. Now, if some of you are going, Dwight, I, I, you know, you, you make it too much out of it. We're not seeing it modern right now. It will see modern. It will. This is too strong of a card to sit there being on the sidelines. Just saying. Now, at number three, I selected Creature Lands. Den of the Bugbear and Lair of the Hydra. Now, I selected these cards, okay, because they're very powerful lands. Now, I could have gone with, you know, if you look at the black one, the black one was meh. If you look at the white one, meh. The blue one, as much as I wanted to use the blue one, too man intensive. Too man intensive. But let, let me read you den of the bugbear if you control two or more other lands den of the bugbear enters the battlefield untapped not bad tap it for one red mana okay i can deal with that three generic red until end of turn Den of the Bugbear becomes a 3-2 red goblin with whenever this creature attacks, create a 1-1 goblin creature token that's tapped and attacking, and it's still a land. Holy crap, are you kidding me? Now I know some of you are going, well, Twain, that's four mana. That's three generic and one, uh, one red. Okay. But the fact that it's four power. Why four power? Because the fact that it's a 3-2 and it's creating a 1-1 one, one, that it's attacking. That's that's pretty damn good. And the fact that you sit there and you can put it with the Hobgoblin Bandit Lord? Just saying. Just saying. Now this is a card that I can see my friends who love their goblins are going to keep on playing over and over again and they're going to love it. To me, I consider this number two, the second strongest land. Now, some of you are going to debate this with me, and I'm okay. I, I might start a segment saying, change my mind, and I'm all for it. Now, the card, that the, the one I believe that's better than Den of the Bugbear is Lair of the Hydra. Let me read it for you. It's a land, obviously. If you control two or more other lands, Lair of the Hydra enters the battlefield tapped. Little little different there. Tap it, add one green mana. Pay an X and green mana until end of turn. Layer of the Hydra becomes XX green hydra creature. It's a land and X can't be zero. Ladies and gentlemen, this this is a creature that you can pump and get bigger whenever you want. Oh, I. Oh, let me just think of a card that I mentioned before, Circle of the Dreams 
Druid. Oh, it gives you one mana for every uh, creature that's on the battlefield. So say if you have, what, three or four creatures on the battlefield? Oh, I create this bad boy. Oh, so this, this high, it now becomes a 4-4 four, four Hydra. If I have five, it becomes five, a 5-5 five, five Hydra. You tell me where the problem is. You tell me where the disadvantage is here. This card's straight up money. I don't know of any other land that does this. If you can tell me, please reach out to me at mtgectoplasm at gmail.com. I would love to hear from you. I would like to hear your thoughts why you think this card is crap. And why the fact that this shouldn't be at number three. Now, at number two, I selected Oswald Fiddlebender. One generic, one white. Legendary creature. Gnome Artificer. Magical Tinkering. White Tap. Sacrifice an Artifact. Search your library for an artifact card with mana value equal to one plus the sacrificed artifact's mana value. Put it into the battlefield, then shuffle. Activate only as sorcery. Power and toughness, 2-2. Two, two. Now, you have to understand why I put this out here in number two, not number one. You have to understand. There's a card that we've been saying over and over again, and if you're unaware, I'm going to tell you right now. Okay? This card... And I can't believe I just forgot the name of the card <laughs> just right to my head. Oh, my God. Okay. But, the, 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 oh, just right as I did this episode, that sucks. L- let me just tell you. There's a card. It's a green card that allows you to fish for uh, creatures. Okay? And, and hopefully you're going, you're laughing at me. And l- my wife is giggling right now at me because the fact that I forgot the card uh, as a uh, pod. Uh, something pod and the fact that uh, the fact that you could sit there and sacrifice an artifact to get a better artifact uh, how could you go wrong and the card i was thinking is birthing pod so you guys can stop giggling at me so this card oswald fiddlebender is exactly like I can't believe I forgot the card again. Birthing pod. Okay? But the fact that it's birthing pod for artifacts. Now, ladies and gentlemen, I don't know if you noticed, but white is getting heavier and heavier into artifacts. They're starting to take it away from red. They're starting to manufacture it away from blue. White is starting to be the primary artifact deck or artifact color. Now, how are you going to beat this? Oh, I'll turn one. I play this. Oh, I'll play my portable hole. I'll sacrifice my portable hole to get something that's uh, even more horrendous. At two, I'll sacrifice that and put in something more horrendous. That's a mana cost of three. I'll sacrifice that mana cost three to put on something more horrendous that's a power of four. Come on. Birthing Pod was stupid and ridiculous, and we don't expect Oswald Fiddlebender to be equally as ridiculous. But Dwight, it has legs. It's a 2-2. It can be damaged. Yeah. Anything can be destroyed in the world of Magic the Gathering. 
There's that's the best part of this game. Everything has an answer. Everything has an answer to it. And the fact that Oswald, Fiddlebender, allows you to get whatever artifact that sequentially up the ladder. It's pretty damn good. Pretty damn good. And if I don't see it right now, it's going to be on there. I'm going to I'm going to eventually see uh, people start playing this card sooner than later. Now, finally, at number one, I chose Ranger class, one generic, one green, enchantment class. When Ranger class enters the battlefield, create a 2-2 green wolf creature token. One generic, one green, level two. Whenever you attack, put a plus one, plus one counter on target attacking creature. Three generic, one green, level three. You may look at the top of your library anytime. You may cast creature spells from the top of your library. Now, I know some of you are going, come on, Dwight. Come on. You actually went with a class card? And I'm going to tell you how, yeah. These class cards, hands down, are pretty damn pretty damn powerful. I kept on talking about the Paladin one. I love the Paladin one. I think it's uh, very good. Uh, unfortunately, not good enough for spirits. There was another one right now. I think it's called Bard Class. And Jim Davis, who, like I said, is the uh, goblin guy. He loves that card because the fact that you can... Uh, it gives you free mana to sit there and put legendary creatures into play. But Ranger class, when it comes in, you get to put a 2-2 green wolf token onto the battlefield? That's not bad. Not bad at all. But then, oh, you know, later on when I, you know, I'm not doing anything on my turn, oh, you know what, I'm just going to, Pay a green and generic. Oh, whenever I attack, oh, I get to put a plus one, plus one counter on any attacking creature. And I can leave it there anytime I attack. Do you see a problem there? This pumps. I mean, it may not be a solid pump, but it's one of these that that is pretty damn good. And I'll tell you one thing. One deck, you know, it may be a little too slow for it, but boggles. Just throwing out there, boggles. This seems pretty good for you guys. Now, finally, you got the last one, the three generic and one, level three. The hell's that sound? You may uh, look at the top card of your library and pay it at any time. And if it's a creature, you can cast it. You tell me when that's not a bomb, you know, benefit. You tell me when that's not good. I'll wait. Me and the wife will sit here, we'll, we'll eat some ice cream. Who knows, have something, you know, a chocolate chip cookie. I'll wait. Because the fact that I, I know you know we both know. That card, that, that level three, pretty damn good. So, ladies and gentlemen, that right there is segment number one, the top 10 of Dungeons & Dragons Adventures into the Forgotten Realm. Number 10, Gelatinous Cube. Number 9, Treasure Chest. Number 8, Circle of the Dreams Druid. Number 7, Hobgoblin Bandit Lord. Number 6, Tasha's Hideous Laughter. Number 5, Portable Hole. Number 4, 
Demi-Lich. Number three, the Creature Lands, specifically Den of the Bugbear and Lair of the Hydra. Number two, Oswald Fiddlebender. That's like what? I forgot the name of the card again. God damn it. Birthing Pod. <laughs> and then finally, number one, Ranger Class. So that's the end of the segment one. Now it's time for segment number two. And in segment number two, if you listen to my last episode, which a lot of you have been downloading and listening, thank you very much. And I just released it, uh, what, less than 24 hours ago. I discussed rumors and a heavy set of rumors that is. And it was about Jumpstart Historic Horizons. Well, ladies and gentlemen, I found a little bit more news for you that I found that, that, that I personally felt that was necessary for me to share with you. And this comes from the website IGN. Basically, like we all know, it's going to be released on MTG Arena on August 12th. Now, this historic horizons will contain a total of 782 legal cards in the historic format and 31 new cards entirely unique to arena many uh, many of which will have mechanics that only work digitally all right ladies and gentlemen that's a lot of cards 782 added to historic so you people who love enjoy our giddy little people who enjoy historic which i wish i could say i i was but i'm starting to get there you know what august 12th is coming and it seems like it's going to be a lot of fun now i was reading more into their uh this ign article not you know i recommend uh, I'll end up posting it on MTG uh, on uh, my Twitter, MTG Ectoplasm. But I saw the last paragraph, and I wanted to read it to you, okay? Because it was one of the more interesting things that I, I was like, ooh, where are they going? Oh, wow. So let me read you. The last final paragraph. Still, Parker and Forsyth both irradiated, reiterated that the first goal of this set is to add a bunch of cool new cards digitally or otherwise without ballooning the power level out of control too quickly, that is. There are still hundreds of cards in Historic Horizons yet to be revealed. But I jokingly asked if we could assume Modern Horizons 2, now Notorious Monkey, Ragavan, Nimble Pilferer, would be among them. Forsyth chuckled. He stated, that's a pretty safe bet. That's a pretty safe bet, ladies and gentlemen. So, I broke it to you last episode, and I hope you're ready for it. And no, Ragavan may be showing up. 
Now, in segment number three, segment number three, there was a cancellation. That's right. Wanti decided, hey, we're done. No mas. We, we've invested too much time, money, and energy, and it sucked. And if you're wondering what sucked, it's because of the fact that I know you know, I know, we both know that you didn't play it. And what that is, is Magic Legends. Has nothing to do with Commander. It's it's that that game they had, the, the RPG game, that MMO that they've been working on for years. And it basically uh, poo-pooed the bed. Basically poo-pooed the bed. Nobody liked it. Nobody played it. People paid into it. And people were like, nah, I don't know. Nah, 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 it's not for me. Thank you, but no thank you. So I have here in my hands the announcement from Watsi. And I read, it is with heavy heart that we announce Magic Legends, Magic Legends, I'm sorry, will be shut down on October 31st, 2021. All players who spend money in-game across ARC and Epic Game Stores during open beta will be refunded their full purchase amounts. You heard that there, ladies and gentlemen. So if you put money in during the open beta, congratulations, you're getting some money back. You can think of it as your uh, uh, government uh, wonder check. And I'll keep on reading. Servers will remain open for play until closing day. However, we will be closing the Zen shop effective immediately. Later this week, all items will instead be purchased using Aether, our free in-game currency. Our vision for Magic Legends missed the mark, but we are proud of what we achieve. Thanks to Wizards of the Coast, we got to bring the expensive Magic Gathering multiverse to a wide audience and explore new angles within the established ARPG genre. We learned several valuable lessons along the way, and we will use them to improve cryptic future development efforts. What that means is they're going to try it again. That's what that means. So will you be excited to see a future MMO or an RPG? Well, I'm going to be honest with you. I wasn't in the beginning, and I still won't be now. I'll read you the final paragraph, and it says, Most importantly, we'd like to thank all of the players who explored the multiverse with us and provided feedback during the alpha and beta testing phases. We couldn't have gotten this far without you so unfortunately for those who enjoyed magic legends your days of the sun are done it's time to come in because watsy took away your party and i'm sorry about that but on halloween you won't be worrying about this game anymore you'll be outside trick-or-treating get some free candy and that's probably a happy thing i love halloween halloween's my favorite holiday so now i'm going to give you some good news i decided to give you some good news really interesting news then some sad news and then now in segment number four some really 
interesting news. Ladies and gentlemen, there was a spoiler. That's right, ladies and gentlemen. I don't know whom was out there, but whoever bought a Dungeons and Dragons commander set ended up getting a commander card for Innistrad. The up and coming Innistrad set that's coming out in September. That's right, ladies and gentlemen. We're in July, July 26th, as of this recording. So you're talking July, August, September. So you're talking about two months away. A commander card that was accidentally put in D&D's Adventures in the Forgotten Realm. And that card was Eleanor Autumn Sovereign. It's too generic, a green and a white. It's a legendary creature, human noble. So we're going to end up getting nobles back. The power and toughness is a zero and four. Now it has an ability called Coven, which is nice to know. They're, I guess they're expanding the world of witches. You know, the, you know, we we do know that we're going to see werewolves. We will be seeing uh, vampires, according to. Uh, uh, Rosewater, we will be seeing spirits. Yay for us, especially in the spirit tribe. But we're going to start seeing witches. Because a coven. Coven's an ability. It says, at the beginning of combat, this is what the creature says. So let, me, let me bring that back. This is what it, the card says on its thing. Coven. At the beginning of combat, I'm sorry, at the beginning of combat on your turn, put a plus one, plus one counter on up to one creature you control. Then, if you control three or more creatures with different powers, draw a card. So, three or more different powers. So, you can have a power of zero, power of one, and the power of two. Guess what, ladies and gentlemen? You are drawing a card. And the fact that this creature allows you to put plus one, plus one counters? Okay, <laughs> I'm not going to complain about that. So you're telling me I get to draw a card, pump up a creature? Okay. Tell me where the problem is. It's a little slow for, you know, for mana. But for a creature, you know, it's, it's not that bad. Now the flavor text says, she keeps the festival of revels from faltering, infusing the witch's rituals with hope. Oh, she's like a fun witch. She's like uh, Samantha from Bewitched. She like twitches her nose and everybody's having a good time. Unlike the Scarlet Witch from, you know, Disney's uh, uh, WandaVision where she turned everybody into Howdy Doody. You know, sorry, the Dick Van Dyke show. But there you go, ladies and gentlemen. We got our first look. The first card. Of the new Innistrad set coming out. So, ladies and gentlemen, you tell me what you think. What did you think? Did Is this a good card, a bad card, an indifferent card? Is it a card that you're going to go, man, man, man? Like I said, reach me out, you know, mtgectoplasm at gmail.com. Tell me your thoughts. Is it a good card, bad card, or should it stay away? So, ladies and gentlemen, that's the end of our episode. I got nothing more to say, nothing more to share. Renata, do you have anything you want to share with the audience? Nope. Just, it was fun being here and hope everyone enjoys the rest of their day.
There you go, ladies and gentlemen. So you heard it from the ravishing Renata. She wants you to have a good day. Have fun. Be jovial. Be giddy. Be kind to one another. And remember, ladies and gentlemen, when you are facing your opponent and kicking their ass, make sure they say, that's Bushi. See you next time. <laughs>